I'm Dante Centauri, and I love to talk about insects. I'm Mia Centauri, and I also love to talk about insects. So we'll be talking about insects together on Insect View. Alright, and welcome back to Insect View. It has been a while, hasn't it? Yes, it really has. It feels like it's been, like, maybe hmm, seven years? No, like, twice that amount. That's true. It feels like it has been 15 to maybe 17 years. Yeah. That's just that. It's just a specific kind of time period. I wonder if it has any connection to what we're going to talk about today. But no, it couldn't. It couldn't possibly. Simply. We, we, we couldn't be doing a, a very late episode on <laughs> periodical cicadas yeah. after the, the hype has completely died down. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, it's not trending anymore, Dante. Yeah, we, we, so. we sorry, we, we emerged from our brood a little bit late and we, we, missed, the, we missed the hype. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, everyone's been late before in their lives, right? Yeah, we're the two periodical skaters like popped out of her. Yeah, and it's gone. like, oh shit, that was today. Like, <laughs> but yeah, we haven't been able to record for a while just because we were both super busy. Yeah. So I've actually had this episode written for. I, I wrote this episode when periodical skaters, a little bit before periodical skaters, were the big thing in preparation. But then we just never got around to being able to record. But we're here now, so we're finally we're finally back on the the ball. Or whatever, whatever expression, I guess, makes sense. But yeah, so yeah, today we are going to be talking about periodical cicadas. Uh, all periodical cicadas are part of the genus Magicicada, which is exclusive to North America. All if you ever see anything about periodical, periodical cicadas, uh, they're North American specifically. Uh, there are seven species in this genus, the Magicicada, and it's often broken into three species groups: uh, Decum, Cassini, and Decula. And the split for these four groups, sorry, and the split for these three groups happened about four million years ago which is when the Deccan group split from the group that would further diverge into Cassini and Decula groups 2.5 million years ago. And then a, a spry 0.5 million years ago, the Deccan group was the first to diverge into the mm-hmm. two different emergence groups, which made up the 17 and 13 new groups. Well, 2.5 million years ago, that's like, those are the new kids. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's nothing. Yeah. I do. I think also I just want to say that magic, magic, <laughs> magic cicada. Just the way the way that the, the genus name is written out. It's just <laughs> it's a very. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. A lot. Yeah, that must have been what it was like when when like yeah the first when you, if you never experienced it. Like I imagine if you were native to the North Americas, you just kind of grew up with it. Like oh yeah, cicadas are out. But when European and Nordic explorers came here, they hopped off the boat and one day like cicadas were falling out of the sky and it was intensely loud. That must have freaked yeah. them out. <laughs> I mean, when it says 17-year cicada, that includes, like, all of their time. That's not just as an adult, obviously. So when they actually emerge as an adult, uh, that's, like, the very end of their life cycle. And so their larvae will live, they live underground. And, you know, you might find some, you know, like, in the soil if you're digging things up. I know I have um, a few times, I remember, uh, as a kid, like, <laughs> like, just digging in the dirt and there'd just be a cicada larva in there. It's just it freaked me out. I remember the first time I found one. And then they actually, what they eat is they find, they, they eat the, the xylem out of a root. Uh, so they they kind of, they crawl around, they dig, they find a root um, of a tree or, or something else. And they they just sort of hole up there. They make a little, they make a little house, like a little cell for themselves. Then they, um, you know, like they kind of, they kind of set up shop and they just, that's what they do for their next like 17 or 13 or so years of life. And they, they kind of, they undergo different instars or four different instars. Uh, you know, like of stages of growth, uh, the same stages of growth that they go through. At the end of this, then they crawl out from the from the tree and they crawl up uh, on oh, right on any any surface. But you see a lot of the shells on tree trunks, and they cl- they climb up and then they emerge and as cicadas, as we kind of uh, know them. 
And also there's a, I know there's, this is pretty prevalent online when the cicada thing was all happening, but uh, a lot of times people will find these little chimneys that the cicadas made. Yeah. And this is like some, they only do it sometimes. If it's in a wet area, they'll do it because it prevents water from backwashing to the holes and, and just drowning them. But also uh, there's a type of crawf- a crayfish that, that'll make little chimneys in a yard, lawn crayfish or something, I forget the name. But there, are, that, that could be another reason you're finding little chimneys. Yeah. So and this also could just be little uh, little construction workers or something living in your mm-hmm. lawn. Yeah, the, the dozers from Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Oh. It's a very serious problem. You need to call a pest removal expert. <laughs> Terminator, yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, so they, they crawl up and they emerge as cicadas. And so I feel like, you know, you kind of expect with, uh, when you hear about things or insects that spend most of their lives as larvae and then... When they emerge as adults, it's really only to mate. A lot of times it's, like, in that kind of case, you hear, like, they don't have mouth parts or whatever. But um, cicadas actually do have mouth parts, and they do eat. Uh, so they will use their, pervos- their proboscis, uh, and they will go and go to plant stems, and they'll use that to get water and minerals and nutrients and stuff. Um, so that's kind of interesting that they actually do, you know, sustain themselves. And, yeah, and then after, you know, like, they are emerged, obviously, um, they'll start yelling, and... Like anything else in nature, when an animal starts yelling, it's probably so it can find a mate. So, yeah, so when they actually, when they're mated and they are, the females are going to lay eggs, they will actually find, they'll, they'll make a place to lay the eggs in, like, twigs and branches and stuff. Um, they'll cut, like, a little slit into the branch, and then they lay their eggs inside that slit. And then the eggs will take around 10 weeks to, to mature, and then they drop them to the ground to hatch, or the larvae dig into the ground, and it repeats the whole cycle. So yeah, it's really interesting little uh, little life history that they have there. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you almost ever actually you almost certainly have seen this. You've seen it on TikTok, you've seen it on Twitter, you've seen it in the news, but you've seen pictures of the cicadas whose abdomens have been replaced with a white brownish fungus. And this fungus is It's like a fashion trend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this fungus is massive. Uh, this is the fungus Massospora. And it waits in the soil for like 17 plus years, which makes it one of the longest living fungi, I believe. And then it infects the cicadas as they emerge. So when they crawl out from the little dirt holes, it, it, it jumps onto them. And these infected cicadas are considered stage one. And they produce spores that can spread directly to and infect other cicadas. Stage one. <laughs> yeah, stage one infection. But <laughs> It's imagining like some, you know, like evil, like resident evil, like... <laughs> <laughs> little little fungal like, command center. Yeah. Stage one infection has been, has been yeah. achieved. <laughs> But, the bioweapon. <laughs> yeah. Agent F is, has been released. But and it's done through... The, the, the infection is spread through regular mating C-virus. procedure. virus. Yeah. The, the infection is done through regular mating procedure, except the infected cicadas are fueled by the production of a plant amphetamine, cathinone. You probably heard about the fungus producing the psychobilin as well, but this is annual cicadas. Periodical cicadas get infected with a different type of massospora, but the massospora and annual cicadas does produce, like, they're kind of fueled and jazzed up by the fungus's production of psychobilin, which you may okay. know is the active substance in magic mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, but you So really this sh- is kind of leading us to the question, what happens when you eat them, I think? Not good stuff, because you can see, psychobilin is the active ingredient in, these, in, the, in this chemical, but there's a lot more other stuff than, than just psychobilin in, in this mushroom. Also, starting off a trip by eating a bug... Probably isn't the best idea. <laughs> well, I mean, well, here's the thing: people have done a lot of crazy stuff. They, they the have, world. they have, but I, I, I can't imagine that any good experience with psychoactive starts off by devouring an insect that is well, like, mold growing if, over it. I think you could probably counteract whatever 
you know, whatever else is in there, you just you eat the bug and you take like a Tylenol or something, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> you so, sit down, you have a Tylenol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it, and then that's put on the television. So yeah, I I completely trust. Um, I completely trust <laughs> that yeah. they have not. <laughs> the bugs have not cut the shrooms inside <laughs> of their abdomens with anything. Yeah, and the with the, back to the regular periodical cicadas, they're 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 kind of fueled by the plant amphetamine, like cathinone. And it increases their stamina by, but it kind of keeps them kind of jazzed up so they can run around and, and mate even more than they usually would be able to, which which facilitates the spread of the fungus. And all, the males will also mimic the female wing flick and allow other males to try and mate with them because uh, the females have a little, like, wing flick they do to kind of signal males. Its brain chemistry gets changed, so it starts doing the female behaviors just to have as many, like, mating opportunities as it can to transfer the fungus. Yeah. And this sort of altered behavior from a fungus slash infection is referred to as an extended phenotype. Later in the infection, the abdominal plates will fall off. And like, you, really? th- this, <laughs> these are the pictures you've seen where the abdomen yeah. is just gone and it's just a fungal plug. That's that's later in the infection when it just, plunk, it just falls off to basically make it a flying, a flying salt shaker. I've heard it described as. Stage two infection is when the cicadas are infected on the wing when they're mating. So these are the stage two infected cicadas are ones that have been infected by stage one. And so these yeah. these cicadas produce the spores that are ready to fall into the soil and await the next emergence. So these cicadas produce the re- I believe they produce the reproductive spores, while stage one produces infective spores. Yeah. And so the stage two cicadas kind of set up the next ne- next infection in seventeen years. Yeah, that is really interesting. And mm-hmm. I also got to say, um, I mean, this is a fascinating uh, subject on its own. But I also I do understand why that was such a popular topic oh, yeah. because. Uh, you know, the cicadas are having their butts fall off from psychedelic mushrooms that also cause them to go into, like, a mad sex craze is yeah, a great yeah. headline. That is, like, the perfect headline. You, you couldn't you couldn't make a better clickbait title than that. Yeah, um, so yeah, <laughs> that's certainly an interesting aspect of them, but they are, uh, just on their own, even without that, they are pretty... Pretty much, uh, I, I think I feel like most of our impressions of cicadas are kind of based around their mating practices, like chief, chiefly their mm. their songs. Um, so yeah, when you hear them singing, that's the male cicadas you're hearing, uh, and they're doing that to attract females, obviously, because like I said, if you're out in nature and you hear something yelling, it's probably trying to get laid. That's just kind of that's yeah. just kind of how life is. Uh, so so yeah, they actually when you say singing. Um, it's obviously they're not like singing, but they have these special organs called timbles. And so these are like right between their abdomen and their thorax. And the way that they produce sound is that they they vibrate them by by tensing and like they like uh, tense and, re- and relax the muscles that uh, that that around them. And so that kind of makes um, this sound that you know if you have like a piece of, of a sheet of vinyl or, or plastic and you you know you like. <laughs> yeah, you've all like done that. Like, I, I can actually mimic it, right? Like it's it's this sort of thing. Like it's kind of like that when you snap a piece of paper together and it makes the sound. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the principle of of what makes that noise. Uh, and so cicada speeches. I mean, when you're outside listening, it kind of blends into noise. But they all do have kind of their own their own songs, which is good for useful useful for identification. Um, and especially if you have like a ton, like a very large brood, you can kind of determine. You know, like, like who's there without having to go out and catch all, like, 15 mm-hmm. million cicadas uh, to get a look at them. So, yeah. So, it also, I mean, there's a lot of different things that make noises in nature. And it's kind of hard to determine them. But uh, if you're trying to listen for cicadas, you know, they'll make sound during the day. So, if you're hearing them at night, 
it's not a cicada, it's something else. Maybe a Katie did. Uh, Katie did kind of kind of similar songs. Um, but yeah, so if you hear them during the day, that's a cicada, and that's kind of you know like the the typical. I feel like when you think about hearing a cicada song, it's like mm-hmm. a nice uh, a kind of chorusing chorusing yeah. cicadas. You you all hear about the brute, you know, and and brute brute X, which is all in the news. Brute X is it's the Roman numeral for they're designated by Roman numerals, so this is brute number ten, and. The use of Roman numerals is due to an entomologist named Charles Lester Marlat. He actually originally designated 30 broods, uh, 1 through 17 being 17-year cicadas, and 18 to 30 consisting of 13-year cicadas. And further research indicated that there are actually only 17 broods, uh, 15 really, because two of Marlat's broods have actually gone extinct since when he, he classified them. And a brood isn't all one species. Like, like one brood isn't expl- exclusively uh, Septendecium, or one brood isn't just Cassini. Yeah, that's the thing I noticed uh, when um, the whole thing, when the cicadas were in the limelight more. I feel like I saw a lot of posts and, and you know, stuff people talking about, like, the 17-year cicadas. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, as if they're, like, one group. But, yeah, it's like a brood is, yeah, is there like, a lot of... multiple yeah. species mixing the broods. And even, like, there are multiple species of 17- and 13-year cicadas in respective broods. So it's it's not just one single insect. It's a, it's a group of, of closely related insects. I mentioned earlier that the two broods had gone extinct, but that kind of taps on the fact that these broods are actually pretty vulnerable for most of their lives. Uh, because they spend so long underground, it's very vulnerable to human intrusion. Because imagine you, you yeah. go under go underground, and in that 17-year time period, someone builds a parking lot over your head, you know? And then you kind of can't get out. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? That, is, that sounds mm-hmm. like a nightmare. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, <laughs> just, just human development will dig up sections of cicada broods, you can pave over sections of cicada broods because they're down there for so long. You you won't know if it's the broods been damaged. You have to wait seventeen years to see if something bad yeah. has actually happened to it. Yeah, and I um I remember I was looking at during the whole uh you know like mm-hmm. the height of the seventeen year stuff. I was trying to do a little research, and I saw on the the ICUN uh, website the 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 species of cicada that were in the last brood the last brood were all like were all listed as threatened. Um, mm-hmm. And I tried to, I couldn't find like what paper or that was whatever that was sourced from. Um, but yeah, that's something that's kind of because I feel like also just with with how many, uh, how many <laughs> cicadas there are, it's just the kind of thing that people forget is that it's kind of like passenger pigeons, I guess, where it's like, oh, there's so many of them, mm-hmm. you know, and like, that there aren't, nothing you know? could ever happen to like people talk about trees getting animals. way yeah. down with Carolina parakeets, but none of us have ever seen one alive because yeah. they all completely extinct it's a yeah the the periodic cicadas are a true insect phenomenon it's like the solar eclipse of insects almost because it's mm-hmm. kind of this traveling massive emergence and but yeah it's not really as resilient as you'd expect it, it's still a vulnerable phenomenon to human expansion mm-hmm. and just and just habitat destruction this is kind of a long episode that was that took us like 17 years to record yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not laughing i'm cutting this joke out yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to cut this joke. Okay. <laughs> I'm already planning on it right now. I might even right. cut it before. Yeah, you already have the scissors out. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got real scissors. I'm just like, You're just going to drive them through a computer screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull out a big magnet and fry my hard drive. Yeah. But yeah, th- thanks for listening. We hope to hope to bring out more more podcast episodes. But if you're looking for more Institute content, I've actually recently kind of started fleshing out a TikTok account, yep. which has been pretty fun. So if you it's want very... more short form insect documentaries type stuff check out the the tiktok it's just at insect view also you can keep up with our instagram and twitter 
both our insect view. And check us out, of course, um, and wherever you listen to podcasts on Apple on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, or just on our website. And yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in to this episode. We'll see you next time.